Okay, girls, um, we're going to be reviewing because that's where we always start. And my goal is for when you are finished this program, for you to own a set of concepts and words, words that, that um, dictate what's really going on as we are trying to remember daily what God's calling us to be in our marriages. You know, there was this moment um, after Stan and I got married, my second marriage, and it was about uh, two years into the marriage and we had moved out here to Park City and there was struggles and difficulties in every regard. One of those times when adversity was hitting me from every angle and I just wanted to be out of my marriage and go back to New Jersey, why I, know, I don't know. And um, I'm laying in bed and I couldn't remember the three things. And I said, God, I can't even remember the three things, which we'll be reviewing again in just a moment, which by the way, I should have known it by heart at that point in my life. And as I laid there, the Holy Spirit is so helpful and he slowly brought back to my remembrance the three things. And then of course, I had to apply them. And then I got started moving back towards what I would say is the garden, where I started to get back to where God's calling us to be in our marriage. And things started to turn around for me. So um, I don't expect anyone to ever be as bad as me. But if, I, if you have memorized and reviewed those concepts as often as I did, and I could forget them, then work hard at it, girls. Now, I know, I'm just average. Before we do anything else, I would like for you to be aware of something in the website. Do you girls ever go to the website and take a look at lovingyourhusband.com? In um, your class materials segment of your website, in the introductory week, there is something to click on called gratitude email prompt, maybe even it says. And look at what it says there. I'm gonna tell you what it says because you can't look at your website right now, but take a chance, a moment to look at it. It's quote, rewire your neural circuits. Now it's a little scientific for candy. What I tend to say is we wanna remember that our mindset is the engine and our emotions and our feelings will simply follow. So we start with the engine, and then we have the caboose. This is our emotions, and this is our mindset. What I choose to dwell on, and notice the word choose. What I choose to dwell on determines where my emotions will ultimately follow. And it, the simple example of this for me was when I was required to no longer dwell on the 26 things I hated about Ed. And I was only allowed to dwell on my new list of 26 things that were good, 
my good points list about Ed. And in a relatively quickly period of time, my emotions followed my mindset, and I fell madly in love with Ed, which is remarkable. Now, from a scientific perspective, when we go to um, the, our gratitude email prompt, we can rewire our neural circuits if each day in this exercise that's in your website, you complete the two sentences below and email them to your husband. And she says, since this is coming from Gail, but it's actually coming from Janice Kaplan and the Gratitude Diaries, she says, make this a practice and see what happens in your own brain and your husband's. And then it gives you two things that you can email your husband every day. One thing you did lately that I appreciated was blah, blah, blah. And the other is one moment when I felt extra positive about you was blah, blah, blah. Now, what's interesting about this, we say things like re-wallpapering our mind with new truths. A scientific way to say this is that we are rewiring our neural circuits so that the pathways within our brain go to this place. Now, if you were taking the classes I take every two years when I go to the uh, International Christian Counseling uh, Conference, they're going into these neural issues all the time. Personally, I want to know what it looks like practically as a result going on inside of me. So anyway, if you get a chance to go to the website and look that up, you might have fun with it. And it's nice to know that there's a scientific reason for what is going on spiritually, which is, I think, wonderful. It just, actually what everything I hear about in the scientific realm winds up being um, validating what scripture already tells us, which is terrific. Okay, remember that little statement uh, on your homework sheet where it said, trust God vastly. Do you remember how that went? Does anyone remember how that went? Reduce vastly your expectations of your husband and increase vastly your expectations of how God is going to work on your behalf. A whole different way of thinking. Well, I just wanted to remind you of that. Um, now let's take a look at this whole concept of trusting God. I mean, it's a lovely idea, right? It's very nice. But we're talking about needing to be able to hang our hat on to actually, the way I have a visual of it, for me to grab a hold of Jesus' feet for dear life, for all he's worth, because I am so utterly dependent on him for absolutely everything. Now, how in the world, why in the world would I ever want to do this? such a crazy thing? And let's take a moment and think in your own life about who you can trust wholeheartedly. Think in your, in your own personal world who it is that you trust wholeheartedly 
extremely in every regard with the most important things in your life. And I hope there's at least someone that, that you can do that with, but it doesn't really matter if you can or can't. And why? What elements need to be in place for you to be able to trust deeply? And I'd love for you to tell me what you would need to have in place for you to be able to trust deeply. Evidence. Evidence of God's power. I mean, one way that when he brought my brother back to life after being hit by a car, that to me was proof that God exists. Okay. Uh, evidence. Other things that would really make it possible for you to trust deeply. You know they have you your back all the time. Security. Being secure, knowing that whoever that person is has your back. Wow, I think we're already getting into sketchy places with most people in this world. Even, frankly, when you have a great husband. Let's say you have a great husband, and I would like to think you all have great husbands. Um, is he always everything? Is he perfect? I had to face that after Ed died. Well, Lord, he was a great guy, but you know what? He was human. And he didn't always read me perfectly, and he didn't always come through. And then I was reminded of that scripture at that time, which is the one that opens up chapter one for our, our study here, which is whom have I in heaven or earth when all is said and done, but you, Lord. And to know that he knows me inside and out like I don't even know myself. It's just an incredible thought. And we already discussed how you can't trust someone you don't know, can you? Nobody's gonna trust someone they don't know. So it compels me to get to know who God is. And then, like you said, it's really significant to start having experiences. And when we understand that every good thing comes from God, every single good thing that you experience today, from the mundane to the big, and over this coming week or in the past, has come from God, then we start paying more and more attention to those kind of things. Now, I stand here and say to you, your job is gonna to be to trust God. And the way that it helps me best to trust God is every time I sit down and dwell on, if I could be this terse about it, the God's attributes sheets. Now this morning, I had a truncated quiet time <laughs> And I thought, Lord, I got to cut to the jugular. I need to start by dwelling on who you are and what you do. And so I started thinking about, I went right to his power right away. Well, you're in control of absolutely everything. You're all powerful. You're everywhere at once. These are crazy things. You know absolutely everything. And then I went to the issue of his love for me, which is always there. It's not there sometimes. He always, every one of these qualities is an always, all the time, never slipping through the cracks, 
kind of a thing. So he is always looking out for my best interest. He always is treating me better than I deserve, merciful. And there's always so much grace. And as I have gotten into the habit of watching for his activity, as I motor through my day, I can see more and more than ever the grace, the unmerited gifts that he gives to me in the course of any given day. I know sometimes it may sound silly, but as I looked out my kitchen window this morning and the sun was blaring against Mount Wilson, living out in Midway, and it was so crisp and blue and clear and scintillating out, I had to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that, that I get to live here and not where it's raining all the time or where there's fires all the time. Candy, can I mention something? I think, too, it's important for us to remember to trust God even when things are not going our way and going to, in our view, extremely negative and we're not understanding why God is allowing that. But just having that faith that he is always there. And, and trusting his heart for you. Trusting that he knows what is best and what the next step in our life is. Absolutely. Even though we think it's just going downhill. Yes. Very, very accurate. And that's a reality with life. There are times when life is not all full of roses by any means. And are we going to choose? And by the way, notice that word I'm using. I am choosing. I'm going to trust you because it does not feel good right now. So we don't want to be unrealistic about that part of it. So out of all those wonderful things that we mentioned about God's attributes, the fact that he controls everything. So when things look horrible, he's in control of it and is always working all things for his glory and my ultimate good. And that word ultimate is critical. It doesn't feel good to me. I have it in my mind that it might take five years to finally see it as God's doing a good thing here that's for my benefit. It may take that long, so I don't put an expectation on God that today or this week or super, super soon I'm going to get it. My job is to wait on him, and by golly, my job is to expect it down the road, never with a spirit of demandingness, but with an air of expectation of good down the road. Don't you think it's also beyond our power as humans to be able to withstand that time that we need the Holy Spirit to say, keep me hanging on? We have to ask for everything. Ask for In it. case I haven't mentioned that yet, I need to ask for everything. And fortunately, Scripture tells us that we don't have because we don't ask. So he really wants me to ask for everything. And I was jokingly mentioning that I needed a Sharpie and when I went down the, the grocery aisle, because this is how mundane I am, I'm saying, oh, God, please let there be Sharpies. Well, there were packets of four. <laughs> and it was like, thank you, Lord. I have to ask for everything. And I guess I've caught on that why wouldn't I ask for absolutely everything? The big stuff, of course, and the little stuff. And some people get hung up with uh, the issue of not asking for little stuff only asking for big stuff. But I have to tell you, it's all significant to my Lord, and I don't get it. 
here he's running the whole universe and he wants to help me get the Sharpie. But he wants us to ask for everything, absolutely everything. So um, his wisdom, his love, and his sovereignty are the three biggest reasons that we can trust God. And if he didn't have any part of those three, I couldn't trust him. I'm pretty demanding, and I think we all are. We need him to be everything he says he is, all the time. So girls, I encourage you once again to every day be reflecting on God's attributes. But, oh, by the way, I didn't finish my story. So I went to God's attributes this morning and I dwelt on them for only five minutes or so. And I can't tell you the peace that came over me as my husband wanted me to get this for him and that for him. You know, husbands, they don't realize that you're on your own time schedule in the morning. And um, it was like, okay, Lord, okay. It's good, and I've had peace ever since. Peace is not hard to take, girls, and he offers it to us. Oh, that takes us, by the way, to those three scriptures that I'm asking you to memorize. Did anyone decide that they were gonna start working on memorizing those three scriptures? I am. All right. I, I knew the Philippians, or whatever. I, I knew that one from seed. And I knew that be not anxious. And so I did a little playlist with those. And then the, the humble, I'm still really working on. But, but when I put it to music and then I get in the car, and like this morning, um, I was struggling with going to a funky place. And so I put on that, you know, true, noble, right, pure, lovely, you know, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about, think about song. And I just started meditating on what those words mean. You know, and for some reason that, that list, it's a hard list to memorize. But when I when it's in music, true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, think about it. Then then it sticks. And and just, whatever it takes to make it stick. Yeah, but the last couple of days having those songs <laughs> and God's word accessible, you know, saying, so, yeah, I gotta get back to the humble you know, and esteem others as high as yourself, because that one I haven't learned. Okay. But so, the other two, be not anxious about anything, by yes. fitting, by prayer and stuff. Yes. Once you get a song to me, that's it's helpful. There. That's helpful. I had to memorize that that second verse, Philippians four, six, and seven, just before Ed had his accident and died, oh. and it was like, well, how about that? Did I need that one or what? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, oh, here we go, that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, as a young new believer, when I heard that verse being mentioned in uh, the class, Sunday school class I was in, when I heard the words, with thanksgiving, I said, hold on, how can you be thankful? <laughs> What's that verse, what's that doing in the verse? And uh, the teacher was very kind, and he said, well, the goal is for us to be thankful, whatever we're going through, that God's in it, and that he's hearing what I'm praying for, and that he cares to respond. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Life unpacks a whole new meaning. Yes. To scriptures, when we go through different things and we revisit them, 
um, you know, it, it's like I have memories attached to different scriptures, like you just shared. Of, of God working. Uh, and I, I would love every one of you to have your own memories. And as you reflect on one phrase at a time and dwell on it, wait till you see where the Holy Spirit sweetens your heart over it. And then slowly build on the sections of the scriptures. The, the way I know it, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I have found these verses very compelling. All three of them. And remember, that's all we're asking you to memorize. Just those three. Now, you know, in your homework, lesson two, on the very first page, which is 21, Larry Crabb is a killer. Look what he says there. Until I am aware that my needs are already met in Christ. And remember, when we say in Christ, that means that we're enveloped by him. And when you've invited him to take control of your life, you have that whether or not you were aware of it. But you are enveloped by him. I will be motivated, oh, let me go back. Until I'm aware that my needs are already met in Christ, I will be motivated by emptiness to meet my needs. Does that sound familiar? When by simple faith I accept Christ's shed blood as full payment for my sins, I am brought into a relationship with an infinite being of love and purpose who fully satisfies my deepest needs for security and significance. Therefore, I'm freed from self-centered preoccupation with my own needs. This is so ugly, girls. They are met. It is now possible for me to give to others out of my fullness rather than needing to receive from others because of my emptiness. Do you see a spirit of demandingness there? For the first time, I have the option of living selflessly. I wouldn't mind if you girls pondered as part of your homework that a few, two or three times over this coming week, what he has said there, because he's talking about how we can be covered by everything that God promises to be as we're trusting him. And in the process, we can start to live selflessly and start to unfortunately realize how much we have been self-centered. And that is hard to look at. And I've had to do that. I'm very familiar with it. Uh, the three things. When we get into our small groups today, which we will have time for, we'll be talking together about um, your Myers-Briggs results, and hopefully everybody got past the difficulties that were going on with the website there for a couple of days, and were able to find what you are. But if not, we'll work it out. Uh, the three things. Who remembers what the first one is? Who's on, Who's on the throne? Is it me, or is it the Holy Spirit? What's the second one? 
keep his cup of esteem full. And we can esteem him five ways. What's the first one? Or one of them? To his face. What's the second one? To other people. What's the third? To other people with an earshot. To the kids. And what's the last one? To the kids in front of him. By the way, I got an F in all of that. Well, I got an F in all of it. Why wouldn't I? Now, here's a fun one. I hope it won't. Uh, I, Laura and I were walking yesterday, and she was giving me suggestions of what kind of an icon to put here for respect. And I went through all my uh, emojis, not icons, emojis, and I tried drawing some of them. <laughs> not good. So I have come up with something simple that I can draw. Please don't be impressed by my creativity. I'm just going to give you the R, and you know that it means respect, respect, respect. And as we mentioned before, these three things are really all there is to the core issues that we're going to be learning, but we're going to dynamically interweave them throughout the next weeks um, so that they have real ownership qualities to them. Did you draw Aretha Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> I, I be even harder. <laughs> I could say here. That is who I think of, though, the song. I wonder if she has any idea. Um, okay, we will stop here because it's 10 o'clock, and I'm going to hand you over to Pam.